0: Then him says from Justice Messina, the liahona stops working. Wow. So the liahona is from oh. the, the liahona leads him to its own replacement. I'm spending money like I
1: just got paid. $100 bills, tell him keep the change. Come on. And then it just cuts off. And you're like, Nephi, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Drop a bottle
2: about to make it rain. Let me give you something that to celebrate. Come on. And did you say it was three inches? That's yeah. like a golden snitch size. If you're wondering
3: why I move the way I do, I just feel so good.
0: How did the Nephites get the interpreters and why did the Leahona s-
3: stop working? Does the church know about this? How
0: exactly are we supposed to picture this? What what is this?
3: Can can you tell me, Don, is this a good artist's rendition? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to Ward Radio. I am your host, Cardinellis, and today I'm joined in the studio by Brad Whitbeck, as well as Don Bradley and Jonah Barnes. That was a pretty good eyeball shot. I saw that one. Yes. <laughs> you were like, you just breezed past it.
2: I was like, what's yeah, he gonna I, say? I it
3: nothing. It, it did, just it moved it did forward. not go unnoticed. It did not go unnoticed. <laughs> anyway, uh, Don Bradley here is the author of The Lost 116 Pages, ostensibly the academic tome of the past decade, and in compiling all the stories that were lost in the lost 116 pages, some wild insights have been made into some really interesting, beloved, and well known, but under considered religious artifacts in the history of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter day Saints, namely one Leahona. Oftentimes it's been speculated what the Leahona might have looked like. All you have to do is one Google search of the Leahona, and you will find 15 different iterations mm. of this sacred object that all look pretty similar, but also all look look very drastically different. Um, In comparison, uh, Don Bradley here has basically figured out what the Leahona looked like actually. And it's pretty dang cool. So in the absence of you having bought his book and reading it, Don right now (laughs) is going to tell us a little bit more about it. And I brought some uh, pen and paper for us to do some Pictionary if we have to. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like we did the last time. So Don, Don, tell us where do all of these different artists that paint all of these different pictures, tell them where they go wrong, you know, and where you go right, my man, (laughs) Uh, just Don Bradley go.
0: So, yeah, we do not have very precise descriptions of the Liahona's appearance or of how it functioned But we do have multiple sources that talk about it, and so we can kind of use, we can piece those together, right? So obviously, in the Book of Mormon text that we have, we have in a description that it's a it's a round ball, right? That it has two spindles right and one of the it's uh compared to it's called a compass although what that's supposed to mean in the context isn't clear obviously what it would mean mostly would have meant to 19th century and present day readers would be something like a magnetic compass right it did have pointers spindles right and so there is a text in the book of mormon in first nephi 16 where it says uh so actually nephi is describing um it, and he says that within the ball were two spindles and the one yeah. pointed the way we, the, we should go into the wilderness. And then it just cuts off and you're like, Nephi, why are you doing this to me?
1: There's two spindles. One of them did this. All right. Anyways, he just yeah. moves on. Right, it right. was but an
2: abridgment. Okay, you're killing Jonah. me, right.
0: Nephi. So if Carden had started out today, if he had two people in the studio, right? And he's like, and I've got two guests with me today and one of them is and then there's nothing about off. the other one throughout the whole episode.
3: One of them is Don What's Bradley, on, right? the other is, now we're gonna talk about, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. exactly.
2: To be fair, yeah, I guess that is kind of frustrating. That's what by yeah. does. Okay, <laughs>
3: right. so yeah, keep going. So
0: then it raises this question, well, okay, if the one points the way they should go, well, great. Like, so now we know why they're traveling the direction they are because there's a spindle that points the way. What does the other one do, right? So, yeah, we clearly always, we're missing something yeah. about the function of this device if it's got two spindles and we know what exactly one of them does.
1: Now, okay. I actually have uh, put a lot of research into this, Don. Okay, um, yeah. Well it. before
0: you. And yeah.
1: uh, came up with the top four different possibilities for what the second spindle on the Leahona could do. I put them in the Discord. I don't want to embarrass oh, Don okay, here in on, front of everybody on. here. I know that he's <laughs> some kind of academic or whatever, but... Uh, I've put these answers in the uh, Discord for people to chew on.
3: I just want to okay. get out in
1: front of this and see what the audience thinks is okay, the real. Okay, what's the first one? Well, the one right first here? one, if you go ahead and pull that up, okay, this shows that... Second spindle in Leahona actually was used as a needle for Lehi to play his old vinyl records on in no, the no, desert. No, 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 You're not gonna leave
0: no, your home you without just your vinyls did everything in the whole rest of the episode. I'm
2: sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Nothing else to say.
1: You're not gonna leave home without and, your vinyls. Lehi's I mean, not doing that.
2: That is a photo taken from Lehman's iPhone hey. of Lehi. <laughs> I didn't take
1: with the photo. His record I didn't take player. the photo. That's a prevailing theory, pretty solid theory. Um another possible use of the Lehona's second spindle. Okay. Um, here is, oh, that it was actually a 5G antenna because (laughs) it's really hard to keep in communication in the empty quarter. So he had to have
3: good reception.
2: And that's why it kept killing all the bees.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Thank you, Brad. You know, so is this ringing true with you? Do you believe the 5G theory of the Liahona spindle axis? My friend, Don Bradley. Yeah, Don.
0: Uh, this definitely makes sense.
3: See? Mm. Okay, See? there's only two left on. <laughs> makes only sense. An, right. There's only two left, all Not, right? Another you know, I, I,
1: possible I, I, use for okay. the second spindle of the Liahona, um is that, uh, yes, it actually directed them towards the nearest gas station. Oh. The, hugely, hugely <laughs> useful. That's what we use our current iPhones for. It pointed to the nearest gas station. No, How else would uh, they uh, make so, it across? So here,
0: here I do need to make a modification to your theory. Oh, okay. oh, oh They are oh, traveling here he comes. through... They are traveling through the Arabian Peninsula. Mm. Gas stations in this sort of rural area, probably few and far between due to its oil fields. Oil. Oh, well. They're making their own gas, okay? <laughs> Crude. The, the, oil field, the oil is down there. <laughs> yeah. This is the Arabian Peninsula, mm. plenty of oil, mm. okay? but they have to get to it themselves. It's the this closest is why it refinery. takes them like eight years to cross the Arabian Peninsula. <laughs> wow, okay? they're refining they have to do so oil? much digging, getting the oil, refining the oil. No. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. I feel
1: I feel a little embarrassed here. Don has clearly put in a lot of work on this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the last possible reason for the second spindle on the Leahona is the most obvious. This is a this is a this is a grand slam. It pointed the, lady to the, the way to the ladies' room. It pointed the way to the ladies' room. <laughs> How are you going to get all these women across? You're never going to make it across the empty. You're not going to make it one mile unless these ladies find the ladies'
3: room. All right. Well, I. Oh, so this is one theory. This is one theory. Four four, four theories. Four theories theories from one person, the associate professor of all things apocryphal. Mm -hmm. What do you say, the prestigious and uh, plentiful professor of polygamy and all things that are just possible in this awesome philosophical pamphlet we call the Book of Mormon? um, What do you What do you say that second spindle was?
0: So I so in support of the fourth theory that we just heard, yeah. <laughs> okay. where the Liahona really is introduced <laughs> into the first Nephi narrative, yeah. there's also funky stuff going on with Ishmael's family and the daughters of Ishmael.
1: Huh? See? Coincidence? Boom! Boom. Right. They were thinking yeah. they were thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are there rest stops? Yeah. And so yeah.
0: then the Liahona had to be provided to get through this impact. To
1: assuage the women. Okay. All right. This has been midnight. This has been Ward Radio. You can join us more at WardRadio.com. <laughs> okay.
2: I think. I don't know what it is about what you've said, even just now, but I think I know where you're going with this. Well I think I can guess. Tell me. I. I think what you're about to start saying. I don't know what it was about your presentation, Jonah, and what you have said leading up to this. It sounds to me like you're about to go the direction that this one spindle would point the direction they needed to go. And maybe the other spindle would point to different types of writing to show them what they were headed towards. Is that where you're going?
0: So this, um, I think what's happened here is that the... like five G connection on the Liahona has actually beam things directly to your brain. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah.
2: Wow. is that really? Oh,
3: it's really close. So, if I if I can miracle. steal me on your book properly, there was symbols, not necessarily writing, but it's insinuated from other primary sources that you've dug up that are not very well known that there was like pictographic references. Like if it was searching for rain, it would say rain on the dial. And then the other spindle would say that way. If it was searching for, I don't know, food, it would go to the food icon and then point that way. Is that kind of how it went? So,
0: yes. So, uh, we have a couple sources. Okay. Okay. So, um, We've got uh, Fayette Latham was a, a distant cousin of Martin Harris's mother who lived in Palmyra in 1830. As a young man, he visited the Smith family, went to the Justice Smith senior home. Joseph Jr. is living down in Pennsylvania again. The Book of Mormon is at press, but uh, you can't read it yet. So he goes with questions about the coming forth of the book and about the content of the book. And Justice Smith Sr. tells him stuff. And one of the things that Fayette Laugham reports is that the Liahona had, um, quote, two pointers, one pointing steadily the way they should go, the other the way to where they could get provisions and other necessaries. Now this makes it sound like there one is pointing the general direction of travel whereas one is pointing to like provisions or whatever uh, other necessaries but then the question arises if that were the case how would they know exactly what the second spindle is pointing to so for instance oh, yeah. let's say that they need um they're wondering is that spindle pointing us to water is it pointing us to food is it pointing us to the some other room. resources ladies yeah. room whatever right like and so <laughs> um, another source that we have okay, is Francis Gladden Bishop. So Gladden Bishop was a close associate of Martin Harris for years in um, Kirtland, Ohio. Martin never went west of Kirtland, right? he stayed in that area for years. So did Gladden Bishop. They were friends. And for some time in the early 1850s, they were very close. And we know that gladden bishop was kind of milking martin harris for information which bishop was then putting out as if it were revelations to himself right but we know the information's from martin because we have other sources showing um what things that martin was saying distinctive things that martin was saying about let's say the size of the golden plates that no, but no other witnesses are saying. Wow. And then we have Gladden mm. Bishop saying huh. the exact same thing. Right? So he's huh. getting his information huh. from Martin. Okay? <laughs> oh, interesting. Wow. So Martin, of course, is the scribe for the Lost Pages. Martin knows, you know, Martin and Joseph are the two guys who really know what was in those pages. Joseph had died in 1844. Mm-hmm. He says a little bit of what was in them, not that much. Martin Harris apparently says much more to Gladden Bishop, to his own brother, Emer Harris, and others. And so Gladden Bishop says... Um, that the among the sacred things in the s- stone box was a curious ball spoken of in the Book of Mormon um, and um, says that there were in it two steel points called spindles in the Book of Mormon, which points directed the inquirer by faith the proper course to take. This instrument is composed of a small brass ball about three inches in diameter. Having two steel points coming out of it in opposite directions. Around each of these points are 12 squares, and between these 24 squares um, on the ball are figures of various descriptions representing various things on the earth as vegetation, animals, running streams of water, etc. cetera. Wow! Now, it's, it's a little, or, or at least a little, difficult to actually figure out, like, Wow, what? what? How exactly are we supposed to picture this? What what is this?
3: Can can you tell me, Dom, before you go on your verbal explanation, is this a good artist's rendition? You would say it seems like that inner spindle could point towards <laughs> I have several things here yeah like I'm not making toilet a joke paper <laughs> but I'm not making a joke here but like I mean like there's fire there's water if you need warmth if you need water there's like a camel which was used oftentimes as food and transportation here's shelter here's people yeah and I just threw toilet paper there because I was looking for an extra thing you know but then you've got the compass rose right here saying north east south and west okay so it would like point towards okay if you want to know where toilet paper was because you had to use the bathroom or something it would point to the toilet paper thing and then say like okay southwest is is that kind of uh, judging by your writings that's kind of the interpretation i got is that a fair interpretation or is this just a really poor artist i I think basically okay and i'll hand this to you so you can look at it better and and
2: did you say it was three inches that's teeny weeny that's like a golden snitch size yeah that's (laughs) like i i always think of it like this Thing that they're holding God, in like two hands, you know, that's all how I always <laughs> see it depicted. But if it's like three inches, that's like,
3: yeah, it's literally like big. a pocket watch, right? Yeah, yeah. That's really so, small, yeah, that's tiny. Wow, so, so is that a pretty good artist rendition, Don?
0: I mean, I think potentially. Are you um, gonna I mean, print it in your there, next book, there's... Don? The the amount of I think the toilet paper roll is exactly right. The other <laughs> thing I'm less certain about. I mean I think you've also got a danger here because you have in, in the way he's got this constructed, guys, look. He's got the uh. toilet paper dangling from the roll. By the way, the toilet paper roll really ought to be turned the other way around. Oh, you know yeah, while, uh, you're one of those. But then, but then you've got the fire right under it. Look. Look how what look at the fire hazard. Look it's how hazard. Easily the hazard. Toilet paper could catch on fire there's no way that they would have had those next to each other right that they would have been much more sensitive to danger here um however in general terms i would say yes basically correct so like if we put together the book of mormon data along with fayette laffam's account gladden bishop's account and then try to figure out what exactly would make sense here okay so i think yes what would make sense is You have one thing because you have different symbols and and 12 or 24 or whatever around the center here right then the first spindle we're told right um points the way that they should go but the way they should go to get to what right yeah so the function of the second spindle is to point around the edges to the different symbols to show what they're heading toward what is it pointing us toward so mm-hmm. if we've asked god we need food we need to find wild game and there's a picture that represents wild game right yeah and then the once the second spindle would point toward that and then the first spindle would point the direction that they should go so they know the direction to go and they know it's the direction to
2: what to what specifically. Th- so
1: this makes sense because if they're just going east you just say
2: Go East. And the go east. <laughs> so in it makes the Book sense. of Mormon, when it talks about the um the writing changing, is that talking about more the spindle pointing? It actually says to that different- there's
0: well, it says that there. It actually says there's writing on, that appeared on the spindles. That yeah, change from time to time, which is interesting. So that seems to be something different. That seems like the spindles themselves.
2: Okay, so that's something more.
0: have writing. So this is a uh, this. So so the basic. So it's pictographic, right? The the. The structural design is pictographic, right? So it has images that the second spindle would point to, but then there are words appearing on the spindle. So this is verbal communication, right? So, So the Liahona is a device, like a technology, right, that is combining like different modes of communication, if you will. It's combining directional, just straight up pointing, with pictographic and also adding in verbal. Wow. Communication.
3: Wow. Dude, th- you know what this actually kind of reminds me of? And I don't know if this is just because I've watched way too much of History Channel. All right. But um, all joking aside, <laughs> <laughs> all joking aside, this actually kind of smacks a little bit of the Antikythera mechanism. Oh, yeah. You know that the, if we were to find this, it seems like we would be finding something drastically ahead of its time Mm. uh in terms of of technology and i'm going to put up one other artist rendition when we speak about Mm. the writing did you get the impression from all of your uh studying of this new information these new sources that the writing that would show up was because maybe a dial like on i don't stargate or something Mm. was spinning around and that the writing was um, almost like a, 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 a magic eight ball? Like it was pre-extant, but then was showing up? Mm. Or did you get the idea that like oh. it literally through magic, like almost as the hand of God etched the 10 commandments in the stone on Mount Sinai, that all of a sudden there was new writing in the Liahona, like it is in this artist's mm. rendition with writing on the side. Interesting.
2: Sorry, I, I was just imagining a... Magic eight ball, Leahona oh, at Deseret Book, <laughs> just like the kind of things that Ask you can get later for the kids. or whatever. <laughs> that's yeah. a horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, um, yeah. <laughs> sorry for interrupting. Back to you, Don. I,
0: I mean, I actually okay. I had not thought of so, so the the magic eight ball comparison. I had occurred to me in like a humorous way, but actually not in a serious way. Although that's very interesting. So the the language that's used in First Nephi does seem to suggest. That the writing appears on the spindles themselves, Mm. right? Mm. And yet, Mm. that's it's fascinating to think about the fact that, like, with something like a magic eight ball, you have pre-existing writing that then comes, it like surfaces in different ways at different times, that would be a way where there could actually be just like a a technological mechanism that's responsible for the writing appearing as opposed to it having to be purely miraculous where just writing just appears from time to time and changes and so on.
2: It almost fits with the idea of like casting lots as well for determining the will of God, right? Yeah. Having this chance of what the thing's going to say. Which
1: is all over the ancient world. The Hebrews did that all the time
2: in the bible uh, cardin can you pull up the book of mormon videos uh liahona uh
3: yeah the one that is uh on the official church website yeah. right here uh yeah because i really the... think
2: this one looks really cool um, yeah i definitely
3: it definitely passes the cool test whether or not it's actually uh what it looked like is another question but yeah there is how the Leahona appeared uh, in the official videos of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For you, Don Bradley, what were your thoughts on the official video version, the prop used in the most recent Book of Mormon movies? Did you have any kind of thoughts on, on that one there?
2: Like, do some of those big? symbols and things co- seem to match what I mean, you're looking at? I mean, I
1: the symbols see. the symbols around there, I recognize, are from the character's I mean, document David Whitmer copy. Really?
0: Okay. Oh! Interesting. So, yeah, if they're if those symbols are um, verbal symbols, then that would I don't, that doesn't seem to me to line up. Uh, like, okay. But the idea that there are symbols around the edge would certainly match these descriptions. So, mm-hmm.
1: so you guys have been to the to the desert. You guys have been over over there, right? So yeah. Tell yeah. me if this if this makes sense. So Hugh Nibley tried to look at the etymology of the word Liahona. And he thought that it shared the same root as the word queen queen bee in in ancient I don't know if it was Egyptian or Hebrew or
3: Okay. Let's see what
1: did he say? I think it was Hebrew? I don't know. Yeah. But um bees were considered sacred animals in Egypt because they had Hydro location. My wife is going to hate that I'm bringing this up because I always talk about this. Oh, no. so it's But the
3: Bedouins are storm chasers out there. And to survive <laughs> um, eight years in the empty quarter, you would have had to have been in perpetual pursuit of water. Mm. And so a lot of people have said, uh uh, lehi's existence and the purpose of the liahona was to help them survive the empty quarter and don bradley would you say that that would safely explain why the liahona stopped being used by prophets once they basically made it to the new world Hmm.
0: so it's a fascinating question why do they stop using it right because let's take in the book of alma we know this is being handed down as a relic within that within Amma's family, uh, but they are fighting all these wars with, the Nephites are fighting all these wars with the Lamanites. They're having to travel through the wilderness. They're having to figure out which direction the Lamanites are, which direction they should go. Why are they never using the Leahona? It seems like the most obvious thing in the world to use it. One, um, so... so the text itself raises the question, why aren't they using the Liahona? Now, I do have a narrative in the book that actually comes from Fayette Laugham's interview with Joseph Smith Sr. that would account for that because he talks about, so another, so that's an unanswered question in our Book of Mormon text, why do they stop using the Liahona, All right? So another um, unanswered question in the Book of Mormon is how do the Nephites get this other Sacred sort of revelatory relic that they use, or instrument that they use, the interpreters. So we know how the Jaredites get those because those are given to the brother of Jared mm-hmm. on Mount Shalem in Ether chapter three. Yeah, and then there's nothing about how they're given to the Nephites. Well, when you consider yeah, how Mosiah
2: just has them,
0: Mosiah uh, has <laughs> them. Uh there's indication in the text, although the text's been modified in these places that King Benjamin had them, and there's indication that Mosaiah I, Benjamin's father had them because he interprets the, the stone st- r- the writing on the Jaredite stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how does he interpret that writing? Well, presumably with like, oh, I don't know, the interpreters, mm-hmm. like which are yeah, exactly. the purpose that they exist. But Mosiah the first, Benjamin's early narrative, early life narrative before he's an old man, and Mosiah the first's entire narrative were in the lost pages. So once we realize that, then it makes perfect sense that we do not have in our Book of Mormon text the story of how they got the interpreters. Nephi's got the interpreters because it was in the lost pages. Right? Exactly. Okay. So, ju- but however, Joseph Smith Senior narrates uh, gives a narrative of Book of Mormon contents to Fayette him that answers, a single narrative that answers both of these questions that the Book of Mormon text we have raises but doesn't answer, and that is, how did the Nephites get the interpreters, and why did the Liahona s- stop working? Why didn't they use that anymore? Hmm. And so what he says in his narrative, and I developed this at great length in the book, I go over it quite a bit, but um, is that... Um, they're traveling after, sometime after their arrival in the New World. And I believe he's describing from various close that he's describing the exodus from King Mosiah the first from the land of Nephi to the land of Zarahemla. Um, he says they're being led by the ball, the Liahona. And the Liahona leads the guy who has it, I think it would be Mosiah the first, to an object, right? And the object, he put, the Lord tells him to put it on his face. And so on, a fascinating temple related story there about this. Um, but um, he oh. puts it on his face, it's the interpreters. Huh. And once the Liahona has led him to the interpreters, and he you, you learns to use the interpreters, then Laugham says from Joseph Senior, the Liahona stops working. What? So the Liahona is oh. the Liahona leads him to its own replacement. Liahona leads, right, guides to the interpreters. Once it does that, its purpose is fulfilled, Dude. it's replaced. And it's sort of, there's sort of a succession from Leahona <laughs> to interpreters. And that so this so narrative cool. answers both these unanswered questions from the Book of Mormon, because this narrative is a narrative from the Lost Pages that Joseph Smith Sr. knew and related. Now to here's my
3: head. question. Wow. Was the Liahona included in Nephi's Ark that was left by Moroni?
0: So in most accounts, it's not mentioned. Joseph Smith Sr. Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith Jr.'s sister, Catherine Smith Salisbury, she says that the liahona was in the stone box. And I believe there's at least one other source that says it. It would make sense that it would have been mm-hmm. just because uh, it was part of this sort of larger sacred cache of records that were handed
3: yeah. down. to It would get, almost the make the you wonder why, though, if together. it was now defunct.
2: Well, it's like the manna pot that they had in the Ark of the Covenant, exactly. right? It wasn't It had the same anymore.
0: function as the, so the pot of manna, so as, as you used the term ark earlier, Martin Harris used the term ark to refer to the stone box in Kimura, so it's like the Ark of the Covenant, right? And we've talked about this in other episodes, very much yes. developed in the book. But you know, the Ark of the Covenant is a gold box that houses the stone tablets that God had touched on the mountaintop well the stone box houses and it's a stone ark that houses gold tablets and houses the interpreters stones that god had touched on the mountaintop right see any parallels here there there are other parallels The the um the biblical interpreters were what the uh, the biblical Urim and Thummim is a parallel to the Book of Mormon interpreters. The biblical Urim and Thummim attached to the high priest's breastplate. The high priest was the only person who was allowed to access the Ark of the Covenant. Um, and so he would wear, you know, breastplate and Urim and Thummim in the Book of Mormon among the Nephites, you know, and in the stone box, we have breastplate with attached interpreters. And then in the Ark of the Covenant, we're told in the epistle of the Hebrews in the New Testament. Um, the pot of manna was kept so manna how did the israelites on their exodus under <laughs> moses get sustenance from the lord it was through manna coming down from heaven how did they find it it was a round ball that they found on the ground <gasps> in the morning well in the book of mormon one morning you know <laughs> how, how did, outside how did, his tent fly how up. did the how did lehi's people on their exodus get sustenance in the wilderness well one morning, he opens up his tent door. There's a round ball on the ground. Can't eat this one, right? Would have broken his teeth. But like... But it leads um, him to sustenance. But it leads him to sustenance. So it fulfills yeah. the same function. <laughs> and so that's put in the Nephite Ark of the Covenant, just like the pot of manna had been put in the biblical Ark of the Covenant. Wow. So it's parallel, point by point parallel.
2: And then... Even the sword of Goliath was kept with it at a time, right? And Exactly. So you have the sword of Laban as a parallel there, too. Well, totally.
0: So sword of Goliath, David uses Goliath's own sword to cut his head off. Uh, it's kept in the biblical tabernacle behind the high priestly garment that the breastplate attaches to. It's a temple relic.
2: Oh, wow. And
0: among the Nephites, you know, sacred... Cache of sacred relics includes the sort of Laban with which Nephi, the founder of their dynasty, like David was the founder of the biblical dynasty, you know, cut off, cut off Laban. Laban's head with his own sword. Mm-hmm. It's a temple relic. So
1: you've managed through your research, you've and you're tying together from Hebrews to Genesis to Goliath to the Book of Mormon to interviews that have been hidden and lost, you've managed to tie together what the dimensions of the Leahona were what the functions of it probably would have been, what it looked like, how it parallels uh, Old Testament records, A to B, Alpha to the
3: Omega. Yeah, here's my, amazing. It's here's all my, connected. And here's my last yeah. question about it. Does the church know about this? So like in the next iteration of their official didactic videos, they can have a more informed interpretation thereof? Or is it still kind of like just out in the, like, have you spoken to, I don't know, chief archaeologist in the church office building that gets consulted for you know whenever the new video series come out or what
0: so i mean the church doesn't have a chief archaeologist so they consult different sorts Mm. of experts i mean certainly i do know that of a number of book mormon scholars and church historians that the church employs and or consults that um they're aware of my work on these things. I'm sure that there are others who are not yet aware of that work. And so, um, it's just, there's sort of a, I'm sure there will be a gradual trickling of information and there will be other work that I'll do and other work that other scholars will do that will flesh more of this out.
3: Wow. This is great. Okay. So is there anything I feel like I've drank from a fire hose and this is amazing, so cool. Is there anything else that we missed that you want to throw in before we, before we call it quits here? Be gentle with Um, our brains.
0: Well, I, I don't know that I do. I, I mean, maybe if you—I uh, don't know. With no, you covered it. Good. Prompt, I might have something. No, else. No, no, that's good. You, that's any, great. Any
2: word on what the word liahona means?
0: I had no. I have seen where people have tried to figure that out. I, I'm fascinated with that subject. Um, whether it might have biblical connections or other things, but I. Yeah, that's not something I'm definite on. Okay. Point, All so. right,
3: dude, this, this has been awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done this yet, save your lunch money. Don't eat <laughs> by the lost 116 pages. Don Bradley has reconstructed so many of the stories, so many of the timelines, so much of the, uh, the, 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 the lost narratives and doctrines and, um, histories that we thought were gone from the lost 116 pages, but actually survive in all kinds of different primary sources that he has uncovered them uh, uncovered. Some of them published for the first time Mm -hmm. in this very book, including, I believe, minutes from an 1856 Provo stake conference Mm -hmm. where somebody gave stories. Martin
0: Harris's brother, Emer Harris, direct ancestor of Dallin Harris Oaks. Talked about the length of the manuscript, talked about its translation and loss, and told narratives of how Mulek and his traveling companions escaped from the Babylonian invasion of Jerusalem. uh, Stuff from the lost pages. Only one of the greatest
3: unanswered narratives in the entire text. That's like finding the book of Jubilees that's missing in the Old Testament. You know, I mean, that is just amazing and and great. And
1: I just want to say this book, I actually got, I went on a camp out with the young men. And woke up in the morning of that camp out, went outside my tent, and they're in the ground. was The last 116 Pages, <laughs> Reconstructing the Book of Mormon Stories by Don Bradley, and that's where
0: I actually got it. He tried to eat it.
1: Yeah, it didn't, didn't try work. He <laughs> tried to eat it. Well, ah, to be fair, no, no, in the scriptures. Uh, right. there's, there's been a couple of books. Oh, yeah, in, there are books in know. the
0: scriptures you can yeah. eat. Yeah. I wouldn't suggest it with this one, but okay, how much cool. fiber you want in your diet's up to you? Yeah, <laughs> The Song
3: of Solomon, top of the list. Anyway, <laughs> I'm totally just kidding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, so, um, guys, this has been great. Go buy the book. Save your lunch money. Go buy the book. We're going to have sometime over the next couple of weeks, shortly upcoming, we're going to have a big giant kind of ask me anything about the lost 116 pages. So if you go buy his book, we're going to invite Don Bradley back, mark the questions you have, write them down, tell your friends, tell your grandma, tell that historian in your ward that digests every single book out there that you're going to read The lost 116 pages. And then we're going to have one big fat book club, ask me anything, hopefully in the future, assuming that nothing happens wrong, where all of us will be edified. Cause I got to tell you since rough stone rolling, I have not devoured a book as hardcore as i have devoured the lost 116 pages and i want you guys to enjoy everything about it that i enjoyed as well for this and more please make sure that you check us out at ward radio i just so good good, good.